Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spleichel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spleichel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel. We are happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is the key steps needed to achieve massive online growth. Today's guest started his first company in Sivia at, in 20, 2002 at 22 years old. He has been featured on NBC Nightly News and received the 40 Under 40 Award, 25 Under 35 Award, Distinguished Sales and Marketing Award, One to Watch, One to watch and Stashower Young Visionary Award. He has been a keynote speaker for various events sponsored by COSE, OTEC, Vistage, Entrepreneurs Organization, and Digital Summit. A big welcome to Andy Hilko. Hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. How are you doing today? I mean, uh, we were just saying it's always great to talk to another Andy. You know, I I have no excuse if I forget your name. That's right. Andy Squared. Hey, um, let's start. I was researching you coming on. And on your homepage, it says that you have um, dramatically scale with expertise in market strategy, customer acquisition, and user retention. So I'm curious, out of these three, market strategy, customer acquisition, or user retention, which do you feel is the most important as far as scaling your business? Well, first, it's not a one-word answer for that. It's really a flywheel that, you know, to to get moving and get momentum, you've really got to get all three. I think when you're a startup, having that product market fit is just imperative and foundational to success because if you don't have that product market fit, you're really going to struggle to acquire customers and and gain traction from that perspective. Um, But to answer your question probably more directly, retention is a little bit of my holy grail, mainly because you can have product market fit, you can acquire customers, but if you don't have that retention where you're keeping customers, reducing churn, you really can't gain that scale. And any customer acquisition that you do ends up just being expensive and a little bit pointless because those people are quickly churning out, that lifetime value is really low. And so I really focus a lot on retention because I think it means that you got product market fit right. It means you've gotten customer acquisition moving. And then it gives you that foundation for really scaling. Yeah, no, I can see that. I mean, especially as customer acquisition becomes more and more expensive, the user retention is key. How, how do you put that in place for your clients? The retention side of things? Yeah. Um, so retention to me is such a wide range of different pieces. We talk a lot about, um, it starts with product market fit that you've really identified a pain that a specific audience has. And so when they get in there, they're able to solve that and find value. 
Retention is for me a lot about onboarding. I talk with clients that that first hour, the first day, the first seven days that you need to get to value for that person as quickly as possible because that sets the stage for success. You know, uh, I always think about like they talk about the psychology of you walk in a grocery store and if there's flowers right there, they're trying to have that impression of freshness. The same thing with onboarding. Your onboarding has got to get people excited. It's got to set the stage so that the rest of the experience is really successful. And then it's really about creating that great experience that is constantly delivering value to that customer, giving them a reason to stay. And so we look at a lot of things in retention from the right fit, the right onboarding, the right experience, delivering value, all of those different pieces. Yeah, yeah, those are some great points. Now, you also do web design service, correct? That's right. And so let's jump into that for a moment. What goes into creating a website that will convert? So for me, I think the biggest is understanding your target audience. Um, I think the number one mistake, and this goes for marketing, goes for website, but I just see it over and over. The number one mistake is that people have bias in their decision-making and, and what they do. And it's funny how many clients I go into and they're overconfident in their understanding of their target audience. And, and what I mean is I walk into someone that's had 20 years experience in an industry and they feel like they really know that audience, but they only know the segment that they've engaged with. Um, and I especially see this in companies where they've had massive success without any marketing. And so their bias is on customers that have been referred to them. And so they think they understand what is the message and you know, what is the, the key points that are going to entice those people. And they really don't, they don't understand it. And so for me with driving a website that converts, it's stepping back, shedding all that bias, looking at it from this very naive standpoint. And it's funny that, you know, me and, and my team, I train them to kind of get into this naive mindset, like look at things like you're a little child and you know nothing about it. And it's like, I walk in here and you have to explain it to me. You have to convince me. I have to understand it. And I think that so many organizations go into that process being overconfident in how well they know their audience and how they then really truly have to have the right message, have the right you know, visuals, the right process and flow. And so for me, if you want to get conversion, it's stepping back and like realizing you are not your target audience. Yeah, those are, those are wise, wise words. Do you A-B test with a new design or do you um, talk to customers? Where, how, how do you get that design? Yeah, I mean, we've got a very structured strategic process where for us, it's really about leveraging best practices, understanding strategy, prioritizing CTAs, doing market research. Um, but to your question, we do. We, a lot of times in that design process, will identify a number of customers 
and go and get feedback from them in that process and come back and use that as part of the informed process. Um, but it's also a big reason that I think a lot of these services are connected is that if you're not doing market research in the beginning and you're not defining good personas, you're not understanding all these pieces, it's pointless to do a website. It's pointless to do marketing if you haven't done those foundational things really well. What tips would you give someone who is re redesigning their website to increase conversion? So, I mean, besides looking at um, your target audience, I a lot of times like to think in conversions at different buying cycles. So one other misnomer or mistake that people make is they think that conversion of a form, a phone call, a purchase is everything. And so the reality is, is that only 1%, 2% actually make that conversion. So I talk about low commitment conversions, things like sign up for a newsletter, a download, whatever it might be, medium commitment conversions, uh, like a webinar, completing a calculator or some sort of sort of comparison tool, and then high commitment conversions like a purchase, a form, a phone call, a sign up. And I always say that it's really important to make sure that on every page that you're presenting uh, conversion actions at low commitment, medium commitment, and high commitment so that if someone's early in their buying cycle and they're not ready to talk to sales or not ready to make a purchase, they have options at that low and medium level. Um, but you're also capturing people that are further along in their buying cycle. So I think it's really important for folks to realize that there's more than just that contact form. There's more than just that registration. And if you're not thinking from that perspective, there's a lion's share of visitors that are just going to disappear and not take any action. Very interesting. So do you offer all three of those conversion options on most pages? Yeah, I mean, our goal is uh, definitely when you're talking about um, pages like paid advertising landing pages, other ones. Um, but on most of our sites, we really do try and look at how do we somehow incorporate at least two of those, if not all three, on every page. The one challenge becomes is that it's a it's a big asset lift if you want to do it right. You know, as an example, if you're talking about a specific service, it's better to have three conversions that relate to that page and the content on it rather than, you know, one that you use on every page of your site that is more generic because you're going to get higher conversions. So acquisition yeah. What, what are you offering as far as clients? How do you help them with their acquisition? So acquisition is a, a widespread. I'll, I'll tell you that my favorite channel, uh, I'm a sucker for organic search still. Um, I love intent marketing. So the idea that people have real intent when they're coming in, uh, we always talk about frictionless marketing and frictionless sales. How do you move people faster through that funnel and through that experience? And to me, if you could acquire customers with intent, um, you really move them through that process faster. 
I always talk about advertising and outreach as like being very interruptive. You know, you're getting in front of people, you're sending them an email, uh, you know, social and PR, they have influence, but not always intent because social, you're influencing people and it's referral based, but they may not have a need or an intent that they're filling. Search to me is I've got a pain, I've got a problem. I'm going to the search engine and I'm looking for a solution. I have intent. I need an answer. I need a product. I need a service. I need something. And so the reason that I, I get excited about search still is that it, it's the primary channel that really has this high level of intent that then when you get them in, oftentimes the rest of that funnel is very frictionless. So when you're talking search, are you talking, you're talking SEO or are you talking PPC or are you um, talking both? I'm, I'm talking both, but I always pri prioritize organic. I still believe strongly that organic is the primary one. Statistics show that most people do click on organic before they click on paid, but within search is paid advertising and those people that search have intent. So I think that SEM and really understanding both organic and paid is important, but I'm still a fan of organic as the lion's share of that. How do you calculate ROI with the marketing channels, especially for, for organic? Yeah. And, you know, this is one of those interesting ones that I think most agencies fight with is attribution Mm -hmm. um, you talk about ROI, where did it come from? Journeys are complex, right? And we see that a lot with clients when we're producing reports is, you know, how do we really understand that maybe someone did do a search on their phone, but then later they went to their, you know, desktop computer and they typed in the domain or they emailed themselves a link and then they clicked from that email and it's being attributed as this. That is a, a really tough piece of the, the marketing ROI equation is how do you get an attribution right? Um, and I think every firm struggles with it and there's tools out there in GA4 that are starting to help with that attribution equation. Um, but for us, it's really looking at a mix of, you know, how do we understand uh, the hard KPIs like a true conversion into a sale uh, a, a um, sign up, whatever it might be, are leading indicators like how much volume is coming from search, how big is our list, et cetera, and really starting to try and make sure that we are piecing together that journey to understand that attribution. Um, so when it comes to ROI, I think the goal is you have to track everything, but you also have to give yourself some um, leeway to make sure that you're not turning things off that you're not seeing results on. But at the end of the day, they're driving another channel. And so we often look at that as, especially you do paid advertising, someone comes to a page, then you do some remarketing, but they email themselves a link that's hard to attribute to. But what you don't wanna do is shut off the paid advertising because you're not seeing the direct conversions. Right. So it's, it is a complex game to play. Now, most search engine agencies don't offer nearly as many services as you do. You guys, you know, you have website design, SEO, PPC management. 
Um, how did you get into offering so many different services? So, uh, you know, transparently for me, I started the business 21 years ago. Uh, so I've been doing it a long time. I, I did it right out of college, right? Um, and I'm one of those people, I'm, I'm a super immersive learner. I, in high school, taught myself to code. By the time I was 24, I knew like six different coding languages. I was like, it's funny, I started out with Flash and ActionScript, which is completely gone now. Uh, half the people listening may not even know ActionScript from Flash days. Um, and then when I got into starting the agency, really got in the design. And then when search and paid came up, you know, I dug in and, and I think one of the, the reason I share that is I'm lucky enough to be surrounded pe by people. And I really bring in folks that have this hunger to learn, passion to dig in, like wearing multiple hats, you know, are willing to fail as long as they learn something. And so for me, I think the reason that we've got into a lot is that we do really have this group of passionate, hungry learners that want to understand how each of these pieces fit together. And I think we know that you can't have great conversion if you didn't drive the right traffic. And so making sure that you get both of those things right is so imperative. And so it's just been this experience of like, you have to get all these, these links in the chain right and having a bunch of people around that, I mean, truly are hungry for this stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. If you're doing just web development and the right traffic's not coming in, it's not, right? It's not going to convert and it doesn't look like you did a good job, even though um, I'm sure you do. So I can, well, and one I of the can reasons see why you we did got that. In, yeah, and one of the reasons we got into, we do a lot of positioning for folks, like what makes you unique in the marketplace? And the reason was, is I was having a lot of folks do come to me and say, I want web design. Mm -hmm. We would sit there and we would talk about this. And it was amazing to me how many people could not clearly articulate why someone should do business with them. And transparently, I sat back myself and said, I got to solve this for these clients. Like, we cannot get into this website process if they can't, you know, articulate like their differentiation and their key, you know, enticing points. And so, I dug into it and built systems to like break clients through and say, let's break this apart and really figure it out. Because I knew if I built a website where the client had a weak proposition or they didn't have the right messaging, I, you know, who cares then? Like you're just putting out a website and it's not going to do anything. Hello there. This is Andy. I wanted to take a quick break from the show and talk to you for just a minute about the new golden ticket program that I've introduced inside Make Each Click Count University. I know it sounds fancy, right? But what's the golden ticket all about? Each month, members of Make Each Click University receive a golden ticket that they can use to access any of our certified courses. Certified courses include courses on Facebook, Google Ads, Pinterest, SEO, and more. Look, if you are looking to grow your business by either adding a new marketing channel or by optimizing an existing marketing channel just like an expert, then this program is for you. Perhaps you're looking to train someone on your team or you're looking for a career in digital marketing. Well, either way, this program is the program you've been waiting for. In addition, when you become a member to Make Each Click County University, you'll get immediate access to all of our in-house courses, timely training videos, access to all three of my books, 
and access to our monthly mastermind meeting. All this at a recently reduced price. So go on over to www.makeeachclickcountuniversity.com for all the details and sign up. I guarantee it's going to be the best decision you make today. Now, back to the show. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great question. I always like to ask the, the question is, why should somebody do business with you versus a competitor versus doing nothing at all? And I, I think that's a, a great question to ask when we're looking at conversion. Now, you said you, you've been out this at this for, uh, what, 21 years? Is that what you said? That's right. So I'm, I'm curious, have there been any business books that you could attribute to your journey as an entrepreneur during that time? Uh, there's a lot. I mean, I, I love reading. I love getting in. Um, but there's a, probably a little joke amongst uh, a lot of my entrepreneur friends that Blue Ocean Strategy. I don't know if you know that book, but um, I reference it probably way too much. Mm -hmm. um, and it does get back to that, what we just talked about with uniqueness and positioning. And if you're not familiar with the book, in a red ocean, there's so much competition that there's blood in the water. And it's about how do you find a blue ocean? How do you reduce competition? And that book talks a lot about you know the strategy of the business, but I really think that the concept of how do you reduce competition gets into your product strategy, your market, who are you talking to, that positioning and messaging, you know, all of these things drive less competition. And so I've actually used a lot of the things in Blue Ocean Strategy that develop the exercises that we do with people for positioning because even in your message, even if you don't change your offerings for a blue ocean, you can adapt your messaging to create a blue ocean, to reduce competition so that when you walk in the room and you're competing with another company, they should fall away because you are so well articulating why you're unique and why someone should do business with you that the competitors seem like they're aliens in the room and they don't belong. And so I'm really big about like, how do you truly find uh, a positional blue ocean, a scenario where you can articulate yourself so well, your differentiation, your why, that you have pushed your competitors out of the room. So what is your positional blue ocean? Who, who are the clients that you service? Yeah, that's a great question. So for us, we've narrowed down on working with software centric companies. Um, and that's kind of become our blue ocean. A little bit of, of that has evolved because like I told you, when I was in high school, I taught myself to code and code in a bunch of languages. Tech has always been kind of in my blood since day one. Um, I've launched a couple of products uh, of our own and spun them out into their own companies so I really love that, you know, scalable recurring revenue software business. And so we really dived in and, th and that's who we work with is companies that are either building and taking software products to market or take existing software products and help implement those in other organizations. Um, those are all of the clients that we work with. Uh, and so that's why we become hyper-focused on not just the acquisition, but the retention, because that's so imperative to software companies that are subscription-based or have recurring contracts is that they've got to get those pieces right. And so that's why it's such a big piece of what we talk about. And do you have a, a favorite success story of one of your clients you could share? 
Yeah, there's so many. Um, you know, again, 21 years, I look back and I try and think of like, what did I love the most? But um, I'll actually just bring one up that's a recent one. We, we just launched a, a new brand for a company called Bedrock. Um, and the reason that I love it is that they came to us with an old name. They just grabbed some funding for their product, uh, had a great growth trajectory. And our team was really able to come in from that blue ocean perspective and help them really break apart their competitors, their market, their product, and help them create true articulation of how they're unique develop them a new name, a new brand, um, website, the whole kit and caboodle into marketing and producing, you know, targeted SQLs and PQLs for them. And so for me, a client that we can go in and be so instrumental for, and we can help them really solve problems. That's the stuff that gets me like excited. And I walk away from those meetings going, man, this is why I'm here is to see such major impact. And are there any challenges that you struggle with in getting results for clients? Well, uh, you know, transparently, I think there's always challenges, right? I mean, mm -hmm. we live in a world where people are constantly being inundated with everything. You know, we, uh, a couple of years ago, got really big into LinkedIn connection campaigns. And we had found massive success with that of, you know, you can do, you can target down to very specific titles and specific industries, you know, do a connection request and invite somebody to an event or invite them, you know, to meet you at a conference. And we were having great success with it. And the challenge with the marketplace was it got flooded. And now if you're listening to this, you probably within the last 20 minutes have had 10 connection requests on LinkedIn <laughs> that are spam, right? Right, you know? right. And so I think the challenge that we face is that sometimes you find these really innovative things and especially being in this 21 years, social media when I started, you know, pay-per-click when it first like was early, you find these tricks and you find these ways to optimize it. And it eventually gets like inundated and overwhelmed to a point that it's hard to get in. So part of this journey and part of the challenge is always staying ahead, always being agile, always finding that next thing and not being stagnant. And you had mentioned your perfect client or, or SaaS companies. Yes. Do you work with any other verticals or who's out there? Maybe they're not a SaaS company that you would work with. We really don't. Uh, we are hyper-focused on anybody's software. Um, we get into devices because a lot of times devices are paired with software. So, But it is hyper-tech-focused. Um, and software is a big space, right? You know, We work with B2B SaaS where someone gets there and they're signing up for a monthly package. And we also work with enterprise software where they're selling... Uh, you know, a $600,000 software license for four years to a hospital system. Um, and so, you know, for us, software is a, a wide space, but one where we want to have, you know, deep expertise in, and that's who we work with. All right. Well, you got to respect that.
Yeah. Now, how about, how does somebody get a hold of you? How can an interested listener learn more about working with you? Well, I think the normal channels, insivia.com, I-N-S-I-V-I-A.com, uh, social media and LinkedIn. I mentioned LinkedIn. I have a, a huge number of connections. I love connecting with people, seeing what they have to say. I engage a lot on there. Um, but definitely check out the website because we have tons of educational resources. We do our own shows and podcasts. We're a lot about putting information and education out into the market so you can just get access to tons and tons of stuff um, and then find us on LinkedIn. Well, this has been great. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up today? Well, I just want to say I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I thought it was a great conversation. I love talking about marketing and lead gen and all of this stuff. So I really appreciate you taking the time to engage with me and both of us be able to reach out to the world a little bit more. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you, Andy. For listeners, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us an honest review. And if you're looking for more information on Civia or connecting with Andy, you will find the links in the show notes below. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our podcast resource center available at podcast.makeeachclickcount.com. We have compiled all of our different past guests by show topic and include each of their contact information in case you would like more information on any of the topics I've discussed during previous episodes. Well, that's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing. 